Climbing to the cockpit with pilot and Link Square's Chief Legal Officer, Tim Perilla, as he invites legal leaders aboard to share advice that will help you navigate even the most turbulent times of in-house counsel work. We'll cover a range of topics from data privacy to legal team structure to public company transactions and beyond. You don't want to miss this series. Fasten your seatbelt and prepare for takeoff. You're listening to Cockpit Council. Hello, everybody. Welcome. My name is Tim. I'm the Chief Legal Officer at Link Squares, and this is another episode of Cockpit Council. Today uh, with us, we have Stacy Shaw, and we're going to talk about mental health for lawyers. So, Stacy, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. It's going to be a great conversation. Um, so first, I asked every I asked everybody this question: um, What is your pre-flight ritual before you get on a plane? What do you do? You know, I actually love flying. I've never been afraid. Um, so mine's actually kind of fun. Um, I there used to be a lot of TCBYs in, in my around me, but now there's not. There's only one at the airport. So it's you know now that I have TSA pre-check, I just uh, get there early and get my TCBY fill. <laughs> it's just always what I've been doing before all my flights lately. <laughs> That's awesome. What's your go-to flavor? Uh, I, I like the tart vanilla. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Um, for me, it's, you know, it, it varies. It varies depending on whether I'm the one flying or if I'm in the back of the bus. In the back of the bus, I usually get there, listen to music and maybe depending on the time of day and how rough of a day it's been, grab a drink. Uh, but then, if, then you know, if I'm flying, usually just cut out the drink and go through checklists. So, <laughs> um, Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, mental health for legal professionals. And I know that this is a this is something that's that's really important to you. And you've been uh, just an incredible advocate in the space. Um, so, you know, maybe before we get into that, we'd love to just hear a little bit about you quick, you know, 30 second, one minute bio, what you're doing now, um, you know, where you're working and, and sort of a little bit about your career path. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a topic that I'm very passionate about and was excited when uh, when the team approached me to do this. So currently, I'm a Associate General Counsel at a company called Likewise. We're based in uh, South Lake, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So my uh, primarily throughout my career, I've been in-house counsel, working in various roles in the legal department, um, started with the government, Small Business Administration, Office of Disaster Assistance, actually right after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, so I was there for a few years um, and then, but like I said, I have spent most of my career in-house um, doing mortgage for a good part of, part of my career and now back doing um, insurance that I had done before as well. It's great to be in-house, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you get to work uh, with so many different groups and departments. I, I do really enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. What is uh, what is your main focus? Are you are you primarily doing commercial stuff, or, or is there more on sort of the regulatory side, managing litigation? I'd imagine in the insurance space is an issue too. Yeah, for a little bit of everything. I was head of legal and compliance for one of our business units, and and then also doing legal ops, uh, managing our our contract um, management system, and uh, our current governance. So had been doing a little bit of everything, but. We are going to be transitioning actually into a, a more compliance role over U.S. and Canada. So super excited about that opportunity. It just will help um, continue to expand my uh, my experience in legal and compliance. And I'm just really looking forward to it. That's awesome. How, how did you how did you end up getting into the legal ops uh, portion of your career? And, and how has that changed the way that you think about 
uh, acting as associate GC now. Yeah, I actually, I love legal ops. And I, I speak at other events. It's something I'm very passionate about. I got into it just because I there was no one else working on it. I was doing my role and we needed to implement matter management, e-billing, uh, contract management. So I have always been interested in technology. I mean, since the fifth grade when my mom uh, got me a 286 computer and I was typing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've always yeah. just, she always had me interested in technology. She would, she would read uh, CNET and all those, all the magazines. So I've always been interested in technology. And then I got really excited about, you know, AI and, and other types of uh, streamlining processes in the legal department, because I did see, you know, everywhere I worked, there were always um, opportunities for improvement and streamlining manual, lots of manual processes, ink signatures. So I obviously adopted, you know, worked on uh, learning electronic signatures and, and just how can I make my job easier and more efficient. So uh, just got kind of fell into it just by this was uh, doing it part-time in, in addition to my role, but it's something that I, I actually really enjoy and, and like, uh, you know, training others on. Yeah, the, the technology aspect and, and bringing that into the operation of the legal function is really, really interesting. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased working, you know, working for a legal tech company, <laughs> but um, but it's it's really cool. I mean, it's kind of like the last frontier. You know, you look at every other part of the business and they're implementing some meaningful amount of technology as a day in and day out basis. And the legal function is starting to catch up. I think it's a great thing. So. And I'm, we could go on for hours and hours about that, but let's get into let's get into the mental health side of the business, which is you know is arguably a lot of times even more important than um, than the operational side. So uh, you know in our in our prep, we talked a bit about the eight pillars of wellness. Would love to have you walk us through that, and um, you know if, if you think that's the right place to start, or if you want to give kind of an overview of how you think about um, you know mental health within the legal profession. Um, and then get into the pillars. I, I'll, I'll turn it over to you and just sort of let you run with it from here. Yeah, I mean, maybe I can start with uh, um, how I got into it, uh, how I, uh, I've always been focused on nutrition for years and the physical wellness. So the, the, we'll talk about that as we get into the, the pillars, like traditional types of things when people think about wellness. And, um, you know, the other aspects, too, I didn't really realize that I was doing wellness. And it wasn't until um, October in 2020. So we're at the first year of COVID. I attended right. uh, my first uh, Association of Corporate Counsel annual meeting. and It was virtual. And uh, they had all of these wellness sessions. And I, I signed up for like every single one of them, except for the Peloton, because I didn't have Peloton. <laughs> but uh, I signed up for all these sessions because I was feeling, you know, like like many other people, uh, isolated and stressed. I mean, was grateful to have a job, but, you know, was working a lot of hours and, and didn't have a lot of boundaries because my desk was always there. So uh, was really interested to hear what they had to say, because I had always I'd heard about meditation and mindfulness, but I was like, I cannot sit on a park bench for an hour every day. I mean, who has time for that? So yeah. it was really inspirational when I I, I took uh, the first wellness uh, course and Joe Calioma and Jeff Compagnano, they um, have become the mentors to me in this space. They had started a wellness initiative in Southern California and the SoCal chapter for uh, the ACC and uh, they they had talked about, you know, how they started it and and Jill really, it really spoke to me when she said, you know, I always thought I couldn't sit still, I'm a busy corporate attorney, how can I sit, sit still long enough to do mindfulness? And I was like, that's 
that's exactly how I feel. But she says it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be 45 minutes. It could be five minutes, you know, start small. So that kind of started me on the path. And um, she told me about this um, course called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. Uh, it was uh, introduced by John Kabat-Zinn uh, many years ago. So I ended up taking that course as well. And it gave me so many um, kind of tools and, and tricks as I go on this journey, because it is a practice. I mean, I certainly right. not going to take the course. It's not, okay, now you're, oh, you're always calm and have no stress in your life. It's, it's all about awareness and being in the present moment. So I, um, I also then started an initiative in the DFW chapter where I, where I live and um, have now been a part of the ACC um, Global Advisory Committee. And it's been great. We, uh, we had a panel at the last meeting and we'll be um, doing, doing programming again at the annual meeting because it's something that um, the others are, are very passionate about. That's, that's incredible. That's a, that's a great journey. And I, how have you seen attendance over the past couple of years? Obviously, at the height of pandemic, when everybody, when everybody was working from home, I mean, I, I, I know every lawyer I speak with talks about the complete lack of boundaries that that happened when you're already used to working from working at home after being in the office all day, like those boundaries just they don't stop and that can be really overwhelming. But how have you seen now with some of the return to office? How have you seen um, the focus? Have have you seen sort of attendance in those wellness sessions uh, continue to be uh, to be high or, or has it kind of waned a little bit? It, it definitely, I, I think it has. Um, but I think during the pandemic, it was hard, obviously, to do things in person. So we had to get creative. And one of the things that that I'm a big proponent of and always try whenever I'm, you know, speaking or moderating a, a CLE is to incorporate wellness into it. Because then we we did an event where it was called the CLT. We had a mindful tea experience and then had the CLE after. So, was, you know, if people think, hey, I'm getting, I need to get my CLE, but I also want to enjoy it. So uh, I always yeah. encourage people and, and always try to work in wellness. Um, this one is, is all about wellness, so I don't have to worry about that. But uh, but yeah, I, I think now people are are really seeing now that they can get out and do things again. It was so great to meet people in person that I had only seen on Zoom at, at the ACC annual meeting. It was so great to see so many people. And I think I think people really are um, are trying to incorporate it into their life. And I, I love hearing tips from other people as well every time we do these sessions. And uh, we just look forward to, I always look forward to learning uh, more tips and, and see how other people are incorporating it into their legal department or their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the, uh, the eight pillars of, of wellness love, would love to get into that. And, uh, and, and again, more than happy to have a guest star here if, uh, if need be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as I said, we always you, good to incorporate buddies or your kids and I'm home from <laughs> working at home today. My kids are home from school. We've had a bad snow day, but I do think it's important to, um, to incorporate buddies and, and your family because it, it will help encourage accountability and, just makes it more fun doing family stuff together. They're actually working out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of the eight pillars of wellness, I, I mentioned earlier physical. So then there's social, emotional, occupational, financial, spiritual, intellectual, and environmental. Now there's right. some, you know, resources where, where you could see there's less um, or different ones. They may be categorized differently, but I just, I liked this because I actually got it from uh, from a law school called uh, Santa Clara, uh, you know, in, in California. 
Mm-hmm. And I really, the thing that I really liked about it is that um, that that law school is really focused on wellness for the law students because that was something yeah. that came out of the ABA uh, study on uh, lawyer impairment from 2017 that was done in conjunction with um, the Hazelton Betty Ford. It actually showed that uh, law students were experiencing more issues, and so I, I really liked uh, liked what the what that uh, law school is doing and how and how they talk about all these different areas that I hadn't always thought about before. Like I said, you know, some, of course, physical and emotional wellness, um, financial, but some of these things I hadn't really thought about, like environmental wellness and occupational wellness, which in law school, you don't really think about because you're not working yet. But now right. once you get out into the world and you graduate, it, it is really important. And I, and that's what has, has now been my focus for the last last several years is how do you incorporate wellness into the legal department? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the law school aspect is interesting for a lot of different reasons, but that's, that's an area where, you know, I, I know, I know for me, my, my like mental well-being has progressed in a meaningful way from, from that time where you have sort of your whole, your whole career in front of you. And, and there's this, there's this idea that, you have to you have to be you know right at the top of your class or you have to get that first job and then at that first job you've got to be you know you're at a firm and you got to be on partner track or whatever it may be and every little setback is that much more meaningful because on the whole your timeline hasn't been that significant yet and i found that and i made thousands of mistakes throughout my career and Almost every single one of them felt like it was the end of my career, but fortunately, it hasn't been yet. Um, but then, like once once you're actually out into the workforce, it definitely starts to change as you get some of the uh, some of the experience through the years. Things you know, things you you learn to to manage them on the from a mental health perspective a little bit differently. Um, but I, I would I would love to hear how your incorporating some of the uh, some of the mental health aspects that we're talking about here today into operating with your legal department yeah no absolutely and as I mentioned one of the first easiest way was um, at a prior company uh, the GC had asked me to start setting up some CLEs with our outside counsel and I encouraged them I mean obviously we had to look at um, we would deal with regulatory uh, legal content, but then I always would encourage them, like, please work in some wellness, figure out how we can do that. And out uh, came out of that was the road to equity and wellness in the workplace. We ended up doing a, uh, a panel for the ACC. So incorporating it into your day to day. Also, as you start meetings before just diving in, maybe take a pause, take a moment, take, hey, let's just take one breath. Cause sometimes for me, even just one breath makes all the difference. Uh, so a lot of us go back to back to back meetings all day and it's it takes a toll on you. And so I think it as a legal department leader, you can start your meetings or if you're in any other meetings, then you can just start with a breath. Um, the other things too is really checking in with your, uh, checking in with your team. Yeah. There's a, that's something that you don't think probably may have as big of an impact, but it really does. And I've heard, cause I've heard it actually from, from my team. And, and I think that um, if you use Microsoft Office 365, there's a bit of insights in the, in the, um, I'm sorry, hang on a second. 
Uh, no worries. No worries at all. Oh, so checking in with your team. So in the yes. Microsoft Viva Insights, if you, it's a, something you can add to teams. And it's great. You can send praise to your team. And sometimes even little things like that really do impact your team's day. Like you can tell them, hey, you're awesome if they've had a really hard week or they've helped you with a really big project. I like to do that. And it can even set reminders for you, which I know it sounds kind of funny, like you'd have to have a reminder to send praise, but yeah, yeah. it is something where it's helpful for me because if a lot of things are not on my calendar, I sometimes do just get caught up and then you get emails. So it's something that you can also do check-ins as well. It has um, different emojis where you can say, how are you feeling today? Just like in the Palm app. So I really like it. I encourage I encourage teams to look at it because it also does encourage you to, to um, manage your day too. block times for focus, which I know I have tried in the past. Like I always try to block my lunch because I like to work out <laughs> on lunch. Sometimes it doesn't yeah. happen, but at least if you block that time or you block work time, because especially if you're in meetings for eight hours a day, how are you supposed to get the work done? So I do think um, the Viva Insights is really great for work-life balance and, and uh, it has headspace also uh, meditations. So it's it's just it's a really cool thing that I always like to tell everybody about and really just checking in with your team and making sure that you're supporting them like emotionally because the mental health aspect really can impact their work. Um, I know yeah. when I've had team members struggling and I tell them, look, you know, why don't you just take the rest of the day? You know, if something yeah. has come up because, you know, if they're there, they're not going to be focused on work. They're just going to be thinking about what's going on. So I think it's better. And it shows, look, I'm understanding about mental health and and know, and I want people to feel comfortable to tell me because what um, what we talked about at the ACC meeting was that some people are asking, like, how do you tell you know, your managers, if you're having mental health issues, like is because unfortunately there is, is a stigma around it. So I like to be open about it. And everyone knows that I, you know, that I speak on this topic and want to be, I want it to be uh, a, a space where people can feel comfortable talking about it. Because I think asking for help and knowing that it's, it's okay to not be okay. And knowing that there are resources, there are people that care. And I, I have just heard really positive feedback from my team when I when I say, look, just why don't you just take the rest of the day? I will cover for you. I will make sure, you know, just let me know if you have something that I, I need to follow up on. And it just it makes all the difference. And to me, that's that's what really can make it make your your the work better for your team. Yeah, absolutely. I think I mean, one of the things that we do here is uh, at the beginning of each meeting, we do uh, share your personal good news and then share some business good news. And maybe you have, maybe you're in a situation where like, you don't have a ton of personal good news, but something stressful is going on. Like, it's fine. Share your personal bad news if you want to, right? Um, if you if you need to get, you know, get something off your, off your chest, right? Um, and then also looking at, uh, you know, looking at being able to, under, I think everybody's gone through that where something's happening, you know, maybe you have, you know, a sick, sick child, sick family member, or, you know, you're having some sort of a, some sort of a, uh, a an interpersonal issue with some friends or significant other, whatever it may be. You're not, if you're not in the right headspace when you come in and, and whether you're working on litigation, whether you're working on a contract, like you're just not going to put out the same quality of work that you would put out if mentally you're in a right space and you're focused. I mean, especially in the practice 
you know, in, in the part of the practice of law that really takes those analytical skills to get the job done. If you're not 100% dialed in, um, your, your work is just going to suffer and you probably end up having to do it again, you know. So, so giving people that opportunity is uh, to just take the time, get into the right headspace is, is I think, really important. Um, you know, thinking about thinking about maybe some some other tactical steps that um, that you've seen at at companies or other suggestions that uh, either you've made at the ACC level or that you've heard from others. What are some what are some easy things that people can do as an individual? Like I I'm a staff attorney somewhere. What can I do to really like just something that's not earth shattering, but something that will maybe help me alleviate some stress or at least get my mind in the right spot? Yeah, I think, um, you, you, yeah, whether you're a legal leader or a, a not not legal leader, everyone has a voice and especially the legal department can be the advocate for all other departments as well. So partnering with HR is a really good start. I mean, a lot of companies have employee assistance programs, but some don't, um, at least just making those aware and, and determining whether maybe you can form a, a committee or a group within um, within the company to, to try to see what makes sense for your company, because what makes sense for one may not for the other. But it's little things really just just speaking your mind and saying, what is it, what kind of wellness works for you? Because what works for me may not work for you. And it's really kind of trying a bunch of different things and sharing, feeling like you can share, like it sounds like you do, where you ask people um, to do, to do check-ins. And yeah, it's not supposed to be a, a 30 minute event session, but it, it, people really do want to know that someone cares. And I think especially being in the legal department, when you're listening to other people's problems or you're solving problems and you're, you have demands and deadlines and a stressful environment, it's nice to know that, that someone else um, is listening, but, but be it, be your own advocate and, and tell your managers, if you're, if you are a staff attorney, say, you know, this is something that I'd like to implement within our team. Is it something that we could, we could do? And I've, I've done that before. And sometimes I say, well, maybe we could do it this way or modify, or yeah, that's a great idea. Let me think about it. Sometimes timing isn't always right, but you know, you will never know unless you ask. And so I think people should, should ask for what they want and what would help yeah. them because some teams do like doing team building but some don't and it's also always not a good idea to go to happy hour especially if if there are others on the team if there's some on the team that either don't drink or you know are are trying to to limit that for for a variety of reasons uh, because of you know um, mental health issues um, substance abuse so not always thinking of happy hours, not the only way that you can promote wellness yeah. within your team. Yeah. Like think beyond that. Like for me, um, my uh, paralegal and I, we would go work out together on, um, on our lunch break. And it was great because um, even if we weren't working together, together, we would hold each other accountable. Hey, are you going to the gym? And and so find, find ways um, within your own team to, to get a buddy, to have accountability and, and do things that, that you enjoy. And, uh, I just think there's so many opportunities and that, it, I mean, I could go on for hours about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to touch quickly, maybe a little bit more specifically on the, uh, the ACC Global Wellness Committee. Um, what are some of the goals and priorities uh, there for you in the next, let's just call it 12 months, right? Yeah, we, um, 
we're working on plan planning the programming for the next year. We will be at the ACC annual meeting, but uh, really just now that we're back in person, it's exciting. Now we have a we have an opportunity to do a more uh, a creative, innovative type format in addition to the panel. So um, definitely check out the website um, in, in the next coming months as we continue to finalize. But you can see prior uh, programs as well, and there's a ton of resources. So for us, I think um, getting back into doing the check-ins is something that we um, we will will probably look into, where we we used to have um, we did those in the past where we would. Uh, allow people to come in and and share share uh, share how their day has been share what's going on in their lives and uh, share tips and and practices as to what's helped them what's helped them personally in their legal department so yeah definitely i, I encourage everyone to check out the resources on the acc wellness page um, to to watch our prior um, programs and uh and then to register for for future ones excellent and i think we actually uh we actually have a couple of questions here from the uh, from the folks dialed in. Uh, Alyssa, do you want to want to want to get us kicked off? Yes. Um, so first one is: Are there any upcoming events that you'd recommend we attend to address well-being? Well, we're still working to finalize our programming for the year, but I definitely check out the website and uh, and, and register. But you can see past programs and you can um, see resources, articles, um, other types of great content that um, that we've, we've done over the past few years, because this is fairly new and it actually started really right before COVID. So the good news is that they were able to kind of start this right right before COVID, but then, you know, the challenges with with doing everything virtually. But but I think uh, really just encouraging people to reach out to their own local chapters because we operate as a, on, on a global level, uh, trying to encourage really the chapters to, to form initiatives. Great. Um, another question, what is the number one thing to do as a new manager to help your legal team deal with stress management? Well, there's there's so many options. I think um, really asking your team what they need and the resources that they need and, and making sure they know that they are supported. I know for me, um, just sometimes even having having a voice and being able to say, look, I'm I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, I need additional resources, and explaining why, you know, I've been working 12 hours a day, I need an additional help, and this is how we can put together a, you know, a, an RFP for, or a you know, a proposal, a proposal to to add additional staff, which I know is sometimes hard working in lean, lean legal departments, but really just setting them up for success and asking them what is it that they need to do their job in the best way possible and what things um, can you do as a manager? Because everyone has different styles. And that's whenever I get a new team member, I, I always try to ask them, you know, what is your preferred communication style, right? Some people, especially when we're back in the office, in-person meetings, emails, Teams messages. Um, I think it's it's important to understand uh, somebody's preference and communication because then I think they're they're they tend to be more receptive. If you're asking them, hey, what works for you versus oh, I'm I like doing I prefer doing um, emails, right? But maybe that person prefers in-person meetings and likes to have that face-to-face -face connection. Then coming to them, meet them where they are. That's a great answer. Um, another one. So the mindfulness-based stress reduction course that you spoke about, what was the main takeaway or one of the best takeaways from that that, that changed the way that you operate? Oh, I, I really loved the course. And um, each session, each week was a different kind of topic. And, and that 
it's really just, it's about awareness. My mind will always be racing and that's okay, but it just try to pull yourself back in, try to focus on the present moment. So it's not about, oh, you'll, you're going to never have stress and you'll never be, it's how do you manage that stress? I didn't learning your triggers, right? For me, it was really thinking about how do I feel when I'm feeling stress? I feel it in my shoulders. I feel it in my stomach and really just that, that awareness because it, it is a practice. It's called the practice of mindfulness. It's not something that as soon as you take the course, you're, you're good to go and you're stress free. It's learning um, strategies to help you. We learned about mindful eating, mindful walking, things that I had never thought about before, right? Like actually taking the time to enjoy my food versus just scarfing down <laughs> a keto bar at my desk. Um, it's really just enjoying it, it, thinking about too, your feet hitting the ground. It just, it makes such a difference. Um, but the, the final thing that I thought was really cool that I didn't think that I would be able to do was we did this silent retreat. Um, they have the more kind of, this was only for six hours, but they actually have retreats where you go on, um, you know, it will be for a much longer period, but um, I did go six hours without without talking. Didn't even talk to my dog. Um, it, was, it was a really cool experience because it really forces you to focus on your uh, your inner thoughts and and awareness. And now the the instructor was talking, but it was just this the coolest experience. And and I just think that it's something that if if you're interested in mindfulness you know, take a look at some of the courses. There's lots of different um, options, but see if it's something that would be interested, interesting to you because it um, it just teaches you some, some coping strategies where, you know, it's easy to say, um, oh, well, you should just, you should just meditate. Well, maybe meditation doesn't work for you. Like I didn't like the body scan part. It just didn't really work for me. I just fell asleep. But but there were other things that I really, really enjoyed, like some of the breathing exercises and, you know, finding just what works for you. Well, that's uh, Stacy. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to to sit with us today has been just an incredible conversation and um and yeah, uh, th any any parting thoughts, anything um, maybe that that you that we didn't cover that you want to make sure you get out there. Well, thanks again. Thanks for having me. I, this is a topic I'm very passionate about, and I was so excited um, to, to to be a part of it. So yeah, like uh, the my parting thoughts are baby steps. Right, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be what what you think you see and or read on the internet find what works for you. Try a bunch of different things. There's tons of apps out there. There's tons of um, articles, resources, ask, reach out to any of us, um, you know, people that are, that are um, advocating for, for this and the ACC. We, um, we want to help. We want to bring the resources and, and just know that it's okay. Take baby steps, even if it's five minutes a day, right? Find something that works for you. It doesn't have to be something that is overwhelming start small and then you can build on it um and then one final practice that i uh, i always like to share because it's something that i um i really like and it's very easy to work into your day is um the practice of gratitude so there's lots of ways you can do this but i think the easiest is is really just to you wake up in the morning, you're getting ready. Think about one thing that you're grateful for every day. And it not just obviously your family and friend like that. It's it's thinking beyond that. Like sometimes it will be a fall weather, right? <laughs> if you're in Texas and it's 110 degrees, fall weather is something that you're grateful for. But um, really just pushing yourself to to practice gratitude and and think about the things that um, that you're grateful for. 
Awesome. Stacy, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at uh, at the latest. I'll see you at the uh, the ACC event in uh, in the fall. So thank you so much. All right, thank you, Stacy. Please follow us, like us on on all the socials, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.